0: Happy Labor Day, Monday. I am so glad to be with you as we continue to explore God's word in our series, God Reigns in the Rain. We're looking at Psalm 5 and the assurance and the comfort we find in it. And as we come back to it tonight, we're going to look at verse 3. I want us to think about something. Think about this question for a moment. What do you think about when you wake up in the morning? I have a cup of coffee here, and sure, it's evening. I'm happy to have coffee in the evening or the morning or really any time. If you have been around me for a while, you know that I love coffee. But when I wake up in the morning and, and things are going pretty smoothly, what do I think about? I think about how nice it's going to be to have that morning cup of coffee, how refreshing it's going to be to enjoy it. How wonderful that aroma is that's going to waft through the house. I love coffee, and it's so nice that that can be, at times, the thought waking up. Ah, coffee. This is good. But there are other times. Sometimes it's even what should be a nice, relaxing morning, like maybe this morning was for for many of those here tonight, where it should be pretty peaceful. You didn't have to get up and go to work. You didn't have maybe the normal obligations you can sleep in. But then there's something that's troubling you, something that's eating at you conflict, misunderstandings, hurt, pain, stress over finances, whatever it might be, something wakes you up. Just as David is struggling with enemies who are opposing him, and, and those are keeping him up. The, that sort of thing. And we've all been there. And when we wake up and we, we find ourselves going straight into that, it can be so hard to start the day. We, we think, if only it were still 3 a.m. If only it were still 5 a.m. I could go back to sleep. I wouldn't be awake right now. And now it's bright out and that brightness seems unyielding and unwelcoming. It doesn't seem like a fresh cup of coffee. What are the thoughts that we have when we wake up? John Calvin reflecting on this psalm brings us to that question. And, and I, I think one of the interesting things that we can say from this psalmist isn't that he doesn't have all those same worries eating at him. But there's a key difference. What he thinks about when he wakes up is that he wants to bring those things to God. Whatever it is that wakes him up, he immediately then goes to, I get to come before the God of the universe and bring those things to him. It's the opposite of what I often do. I wake up in that spot and I just kind of want to retreat into my worry shell. At that point, it's just overwhelming. I don't know what to do with it, but God does. And that's where this psalm is going to encourage us tonight. So let's come before our God, ask for his help as we dig into this, and then take a look at verse 3. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for being the one who is there every hour of the day, including the moment that we wake up and the moment we go to sleep. And every single moment in all of time has been written by you. Lord, we know that, but... It's still so easy to get wrapped up in, in the worries of life and just be pulled down by them. Lord, would you help us to, to have confidence in you? And and when we wake up, would you guide our thoughts that we might think first of you? Lord, we need your help. We need your spirit. And we ask for your guidance this night as we, we wrestle with this, to be comforted by your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a look here, because the, the key thing to move from where we often are to where we need to be is a, a transition in expectation that we really imbibe the truth that God hears us. And if we understand that, then we can be eager to come before him and be eager to start the day with him. Psalm 5, verse 3, the first half of that verse, O oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. You see, David has confidence here. David has confidence that God hears his voice, that that he can wake up and immediately move to crying out to God, immediately start reaching to the Lord with whatever it is that David is struggling with in that moment. And if you were here last week, you know we don't know the exact specifics of what's going on in David's life here. We know he's struggling, though. And David knows in that. What's he going to start the day with? He's going to start the day with time with God. He's going to start the day bringing the very things he's struggling with to God. And and so he transitions from that worst part of waking up, thinking about everything going wrong or or maybe not sleeping at all. Maybe maybe you weren't actually wanting the night to go on because you spent the whole night awake, worrying, tossing and turning. I'd imagine there were nights that David did that. But as it turns today, he doesn't need to retreat into that worry shell. He doesn't need to, to to bemoan the fact that there's something burdening him. He can come before God and know that God will hear it. And there we meet the true best part of waking up. Here he gets to come, and it's not just a refreshing cup of coffee. It's a refreshing embrace of God's love. It's a refreshing reminder of God's care and God's ability to do more than just care, but to actually respond doesn't just feel our pain. He he actually is the God of all the universe, the sovereign, the one who's in charge. And so we can take that refreshment and be refreshed, genuinely refreshed. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. You've probably heard those verses, maybe sang a song based on those verses, and in those moments we wake up and the first thing we think about isn't the cup of coffee or isn't coming before God, but is how in the world am I going to deal with what's going on? How am I going to deal with those things that when I fell asleep last night, the only solace was I'm going to go to sleep and I'm not going to think about them any longer? How how do I deal with that now that it's morning and there's a whole day of consciousness again to wrestle with that stuff? It's fine for the author of Lamentations for Jeremiah to sound so chipper, but if he were in my shoes. Except the thing that we know about Lamentations is the title of the book is directly describing what's going on. Jerusalem is collapsing around him. This is a time of mourning. This is a time of weeping over the fall of God's people. This is not a wonderful time. This is not a time that everything's going well and the only thing that the the person there just rejoicing can think about is making a cup of coffee or something. No, this is a time of great pain and tribulation, a time where where morning often doesn't seem bright even when the sun's shining. But how can he say your mercies are new every morning because he knows he can come before his God. And David here knows he can come before his God. And in that we see a transition where, where the, the brightness of morning isn't an oppressive force coming at us to remind us again of everything that's wrong, but rather a reminder that God continually renews, that he's built a world that we can trust the sun comes up, it'll be there. And that the one who made the sun will be there too. What do we focus on in the morning? Where do our minds go to begin with? A lot of times we wake up and we start thinking what we're going to do for the day. And we have those worries there, but then we maybe preoccupy ourselves. We make our cup of coffee. We think about easier things to do. Maybe you have a to-do list like that, right? You have a whole bunch of things on it. And some of them are easier than others. And and I'll do that sometimes. I'm not the best list maker. I make lists and then don't use them. But if I actually follow through on my list, I have my list and I start checking off the things that are are easily accomplishable and I start moving down that list. And then that list starts to become more and more oppressive as I get to those things that aren't so easy to fix. Maybe they can't be done that day. They can just be started or or maybe I'm not even really sure how to address them. Especially when we're talking about the sorts of things that we began with if you're in deep financial trouble, if you're in a huge conflict with someone if if there's all kinds of little things that feel like they're tearing apart at you all through life, those sorts of things aren't necessarily solved in a day, not solved in a week or a month, sometimes not in years. How do we how do we do life then? In this situation? How do we deal with a to-do list that m- the things that are there just staring back at us are things that seem utterly overwhelming? Sometimes with a sermon, uh, what I'll do if I'm working on a sermon and I'm not quite sure where I'm going with it yet, I'll, I'll start fooling with the formatting of it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll change the margins and make them the appropriate size for when I'm going to print my sermon notes. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure the fonts are right. I'll turn the page to landscape since I always print it that way. I'll do all those sorts of things and it's still just staring at me, that white page, uh, empty page. Other times, I'm just pouring out the things that I've been thinking about and praying about and feeling that should be in this sermon as I'm trying to discern what God wants us to study together. And it's amazing the difference there. What this psalm is encouraging us is in the sermon of our life, in that blank page that's staring at you, what am I going to do with this day? The thing that we can immediately put down isn't, I'm going to shuffle things around, change the formatting, make my cup of coffee. I can come before God and put the most important content of the day right there and know that he hears. I can't just go through the motions of coming before God. I can come before him and he's actually going to hear. He's going to refresh. God hears. And so if we take that to heart and we really believe that and that's how we're going to wake up, if we can move to that place where the first thing we think of is, I am eager to come before God because he hears me. I'm eager to celebrate with him when things are going well. I'm eager to weep before him when things are broken. I'm just eager to be with my God. Well, then that moves us into the second part of this verse. Notice what David says. In the morning, I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. This phrase preparing is is really, really, really important. Sometimes we're eager about something, but we're not really focused on preparing for it. And depending on your translation, it may or may not say sacrifice. That word is implied. It isn't there. And it's really a debate on what kind of preparation is David doing? Is David preparing a temple sacrifice? This word could be used like that. Or is David preparing what he wants to bring to God? He, he's thinking about what he wants to share with him. It could be some of each, although from the first couple of verses, we know that David at times rightly just brings his groaning towards God, even when he doesn't know what to say. But here's the thing. He's so eager to be with God. He's so eager to start his morning by coming before the only one who can truly understand and truly respond and truly make things right. That He's going to prepare, whether it's a sacrifice or his words or whatever it might be. He's going to prepare. It's worth getting ready to do this because it's so valuable to him. We, we, that's generally what we do, right? If something is truly valuable to us, we're, we're much more inclined to prepare for it. And yet, many of us probably, I'd imagine most of us at some point, have had that nightmare about something that's really important to us, that may be something important to us at work and we forget to do it. Even though it's been years since I've taught in a classroom setting, I still sometimes have that nightmare where I walk in on the first day of class and realize I've forgotten to prepare any notes for the class, or I've forgotten to prepare a syllabus, and it's it's horrifying. Now what? I'm so eager to be there, and now I'm eager to leave in the nightmare. Maybe you have experienced that kind of nightmare, too. And all of us at times have probably also experienced that in real life, where where there's something that we're eager for until we realize that we're deeply underprepared for it. Well, as we move into eagerness to come before our God, part of what we can do is be prepared to come before him. And it doesn't mean that we need to put it off. It means that as we're going throughout our days, we should be coming to his word. We should be praying throughout the day. We should be asking for his guidance that when we wake up, we're prepared to come and to bring things to him because our whole mindset, our whole way of life is being shaped with the expectation of doing that day in and day out. If you have never really thought about this before and you think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start off right and come before God, good for you. That's a wonderful thing to do. It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be easy at first. But what the psalmist is saying here is he's going to take that eagerness and that expectation. He's going to start the day by coming to God because he can't wait to, to come before the one that he knows can hear his voice. He's also going to keep preparing for it because this is important. He cares. Sometimes we're we're eager to be with God, but we're not really doing anything to prepare our hearts. We're so focused on everything else, we we only get to that point where, okay, now I'm going to come before God. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to to pray to him. But we haven't been trying to shape our lives in a way that's receptive to his spirit. We're not trying to direct our thoughts towards him throughout the day. It doesn't mean he doesn't hear. This isn't a, a rebuke to to the to us when we fail to prepare go away and don't come before God, but rather it's a it's a call to understand that we can experience so much more with him when we're constantly turning ourselves more towards him. There's a lot of work we need to do if we're going to really come to the place the psalmist is here, because it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easily. I'm reminded of the father of the demon-possessed boy in Mark chapter 9. He's telling Jesus about what's happened to his son. He says, it often casts him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And if we go on to the next verse, there's that beautiful verse that many of us have derived comfort in where the father has this wonderful cry of faith, I believe, help me with my unbelief. It's a remarkable prayer in itself. Sometimes it's the thing we need to bring to God in the morning. But the key thing here that we can see is that he needs to make a transition and a preparation there because his first question is framed in, if you can do this, and, and too often, if we're not constantly soaking in God's word, we're not preparing ourselves for those times we come before God. When we're really struggling we find ourselves not really expecting that God can do anything. We're not living in expectation. Years ago, when I first was interning at a church, I I had a, a wonderful older lady in the church come up to me. She was always praying, always, always on fire for Jesus. She came up to me and said, you know, there's a problem. I hear all of you up there praying every week. There's someone rotating up there praying, but I don't hear any expectation in those prayers thought about that a lot since then. And I think she had something really important for all of us to think about in what she was saying there. In all of her years and all of her time praying and all of her time with God, and I know she was the sort of person who was eager to come before God each day. She was coming before God with a heart of expectation. She was eager because she knew that God heard her prayers, that God responded to prayer. And that shaped how she was even praying. It changed it. And that came from years of preparation, from studying his word, from spending time with him, building on that relationship with him. That's what we're called to do too. That's what David is doing here. He's preparing a part of his relationship with the Lord, whether it's preparing his words or preparing for a sacrifice. It's all about actually caring enough about what he's going to do with God that he's going to prepare for it. Is that what we're doing? And so we see here a call both to be eager and to be prepared. And those two go hand in hand. We we anticipate a lot of things in life. I'm right now anticipating the big Apple iPhone event that comes out next week. I love Apple events and hearing about all their new products and all the new features and everything amazing it can do. And, and it's just fun to speculate. Part of the, the preparation if you're an Apple geek like myself is trying to find the rumors and figuring out what it is that these new devices are really going to do. And then on the day of, a lot of people actually get bingo cards and start playing Apple bingo, seeing how many of those things that were rumored actually are going to come true. It's fun to do that kind of stuff, to kind of make your best guess and see if it actually hits what they're going to do it's so much more rewarding, it's so much more enjoyable with that preparation. The event itself is great. It's it's a masterclass in how companies should present things. I think if I were going into PR, I would spend a bulk of my time studying how Apple does it because they're geniuses at it. But... For me, I'm not going into PR. My my big thing is I enjoy the experience. I enjoy going from the building little din of rumors all the way up to everyone the night before. What is it that they're going to say? And then experiencing the event. It's that whole process. And that preparation makes it far more enjoyable. How much more so when we come before God? Am I every day listening to the little soft whispers in his word, listening to the big roaring things in his word, So that when I actually come to the moment that I wake up, that I want to grab that cup of God's prayer, uh, of time with him. I want to grab that. I'm eager for that. I'm prepared for that. And because of that, I'm refreshed by it. Is that what you're doing? Is that what I'm doing? We all could could use some improvement there. Inevitably, in this life, we all could use more anticipation, more eagerness, and more preparation. But here's the thing, we know that God's working and so we can live in anticipation and every day we can live with a little more anticipation. As we reflect on the psalm, maybe we can just nudge a little bit closer to that even today and then we can take those things that wake us up in the morning and we can put them before God and make him the thing that we wake up thinking about. Would you pray with me please? Lord, we do struggle. We struggle a lot of the time. We struggle... To know what to say and how to say it. We struggle when we can't seem to break through in, in, in times that we're not communicating well with others. We, we struggle and grieve when, when so much in this world, so much around us, so much in the lives of those that, whom we love is broken. When so much of your church is broken. When so much of our nation is broken. When just everything, Lord, it feels like it's constantly being upended, but we know that your mercies are new every morning. Would you remind us of that when we wake, that that would be the first thing we think of before whatever else might be eating at us, and that then when those things start to eat at us, we we remember the preparation you've called us to, and we think, I want to bring that before God. I want to bring that before my Heavenly Father because he hears my voice for indeed you do, and would you remind us of that? Would you remind us that the proof of that is in our Savior Jesus, that you would send your Son to to live, to suffer, and to die for us, that you would offer us eternal life in his resurrection. It's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. hope this was an encouragement to you, and if it was, would you please give it a like or a share? We have a number of Further weeks, we're going to be spending the month of September in Psalm 5. There's so much encouragement in here in what all of us are going through. So please give it a share. Invite someone else to be encouraged that the God whose mercy is new every morning is right there for them, too. That's why we study God's word, to understand him and to understand his love and to understand how to share his love. All those things come together. And we're going to be doing something new starting in two weeks on Sunday nights. That's two Sundays from now. 15 minutes after our service, which is in-person and also live streamed online at 5.30, 15 minutes after that service ends, we're going to gather back together for another in-person, live streamed gathering called Sunday School Express. And I would love to have you join us for that. Maybe invite someone else too, especially if you have someone who says, what does it even mean to be a Christian? What does that involve? What do Christians believe? How do I understand who God is? Maybe you're asking those questions, or maybe you just need an extra dose of refreshment from God. We're going to be going through 52 questions, one each week, thinking about who it is that God is, and what our relationship to him is, and how the world around him works, and coming to biblical truth on that. Using something called the New City Catechism, I realize that word catechism can make people sometimes a little nervous, but it's really just a series of questions and answers coming straight from God's word pointing us to the truth of who it is that God is. And we're going to be digging deeply into scripture through it. So please make plans. Join us 15 minutes after our worship service every Sunday night, starting in two weeks at September 17th. Can't wait to share that with you. If you have any prayers or questions this week, speaking of questions, feel free to shoot us a text at the texting line 833-356-4032, or leave a comment or prayer request in the comments below, and we can encourage each other that way. Hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. A great holiday evening, and I will see you again very soon.